Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Today on the podcast, we've got the popular YouTuber slash new to the podcast game, welcome to the podcast game, Sloan. You have probably, if you've been on YouTube and you listen to this podcast, you've definitely watched a Sloan video before. The man who only needs one name, although technically Sloan Hooks is the name of his channel, but everyone knows him by Sloan. I've been watching his videos for a while. I mean, he's massively popular. He's got over 860,000 subscribers on YouTube. He covers everything we're into. Scandal, intrigue, celebrity relationships, gossip, drama, Dan Schneider with the feet, the Kardashians being evil, like everything that you're into, he's made a fantastic anywhere from like eight to 20 minute long YouTube video about it. And now he is in the podcast game. He's got his podcast called Let's Get Into It. And he's having on these controversial people. Eugenia Cooney was the first guest. Perez Hilton was the second. You know, we've had Perez here on the podcast. We get into like, you know, we just get like a little gossipy into Perez later in the episode. So you have that to look forward to. But if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I reached out to Sloan because I've watched his videos for a long time. And he did a video on are Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez where they hooked on drugs. You know me, all signs point to yes, that's what I think. And I didn't watch that video of his because I was like, oh, I'm already on board. I've seen the video of them buying drugs. I believe it. The next day, Sloan posted an apology video because he was getting a ton of hate from Justin and Selena fans because there was a line in his video used where he was like, basically these two Hollywood young starlets were in love, but they were also on drugs. And then he cheated on her and she stole a kidney and that's that. And I was like, wait a minute, that line sounds familiar. And he had ripped it from my blog, fluentlyforward.com. And he posted like a screenshot of that sentence on my blog that he like took word for word in his video. And that was the sentence that sent everybody after him. So you know me, I don't really, you know, give two shits. I'm like the internet's the wild west. If it's on a blog, of course you rip it, right? We read blind items here. People reference other people. I'm never mad about that stuff. Anyway, but of course I had to reach out to him because I was like, oh, I see you're facing the wrath of the Selenators. I've been there before, not a fun place to be in, and we just got to talking. So I'm really excited to have Sloan on. We are going to talk about scandal, intrigue, the feedback and allegedly cease and desist that you get from people when you start talking about celebrity gossip. So right before we get in, I also do want to mention we have out now the Fluently Forward Breakup ebook. So if you want to go to fluentlyforward.com slash breakup or, you know, just check out the link tree. This is an ebook I have been working on for months. And some people might not know this, but before Fluently Forward was a podcast, it was a blog and writing was basically what I did. So I have taken the past couple of months, obviously, you know, I went through a breakup of my own this past summer and I kind of used it as a way, like I had always curated different breakup tips and I had blog posts and I took my last breakup to be like, all right, I'm going to try every single breakup thing out there, every single piece of therapy, CBT advice, supplements to take, drugs to take, if we're being honest, and I am going to finally niche down and figure out what in the fuck works for a breakup. So I've put all of that together in an ebook. It is $10 and it is 96 pages. We have got quizzes in there. We've got homework. We've got exercises. We've got CBT therapy. We've got advice from my therapist and she's $175 an hour. So I was just kind of 
stealing Robin Hooding, basically the information from her. And it's a fun, it almost reads like a fun Cosmo magazine because we have celebrity anecdotes in there. Then we have some mental health advice. Then we have a quiz that you can take. Then we have homework and exercises. It's just a big collage of everything. So fluentlyforward.com slash breakup if you want to check that out. And without further ado, right, let's get into some gossipy stuff and let's welcome Sloan to the podcast. Here we go. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. I am so very excited to have on Sloan today. You know him from YouTube and all of his pop culture deep dive scandal videos, mm-hmm. but you have recently joined us in the podcasting world with your new podcast, Let's Get Into It. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great. I've been working so hard lately, so much. I'm honestly exhausted, but I'm so happy to be here and you know, the podcast space is somewhere I've wanted to be for a very long time. So thank you for inviting me onto yours. Of course. Well, I I feel like every single person who listens to Fluently Forward has definitely at one time watched one or more because your videos are very like addictive, very binge worthy. And they're also like the exact length of a sitcom episode. So I'm like, oh, great. Mm -hmm. I can just like watch all these 20 minute long episodes. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the world of YouTube, because I consider you the number one pop culture YouTuber mm-hmm. and like all of your videos, you cover everything from past scandals to like relationships we might not know about or somebody's past. Mm-hmm. So tell us a bit about how you got your start and how this kicked off. Yeah, I guess I, I kind of feel like I'm new to it all because um, I've grown up watching YouTube and making YouTube videos like ever since like the seventh grade. I've just loved making videos. Obviously not the same style that I'm making today, but when I went to college, I kind of like, you know, I created my YouTube videos still, just kind of like challenge videos and things like that. But then- um, Wait, really? Like, was it Cinnamon Challenge? Was it Tide oh, Pods? the spitting like- on each other challenge, like with my <laughs> ex-boyfriend. I made my ex-boyfriend do like all of the challenges. He was the a good sport. Yeah, all of Like, them. wasn't it like Taste the Flavor? Yep, exactly. And all, like, we did yeah. all of those and like nobody watched them, like 200 views, like nothing. Like, But it was because I enjoyed making videos, which I think is like kind of the basis of why I'm successful on YouTube is that I actually enjoy doing this. A lot of people, they see where I'm at in my position. They're like, I want to do that. I want to do this. But then, you know, they don't want to sit there for three hours and learn how to edit a video because now that I'm, you know, lucky enough to have editors, thank God, I still like feel like it's so important to understand the basis of like creating content and how to run a business in that way. So when I started like getting more traction on YouTube, it was because I started covering a few like niche stories that people weren't talking about and that started getting a lot more views. And at that time I worked for the government. I worked at the department of defense. I did like, yeah, I did data analysis, like military data analysis. I did that. That makes so much sense. Cause I've always thought people who are into pop culture, I'm like the FBI, like could hire, (laughs) cause we're so creepy. We're so into digging into the details. Were you in like a intelligence type of role? Um, Like technically yes, but like not really. Like it's not like the T it was just really, I had like a security (laughs) clearance, but I just did like basic military analysis to make sure that like if we were to go to war we have enough like like uh, soldiers at a certain military base so it's kind of like it was for like military readiness and it sounds like really important which it is but at the same time like i was sitting at my desk like doing like data analysis all the time to where i could like run it automatically and also edit a video at the same time and i started like kind of doing both until like a year after i made my channel i hit 100k then you know shortly after i hit 500k and it just grew very quickly until I decided to leave my job and go full-time on this. Damn. Okay. Well, congratulations. So when did your channel, every time I see it, it keeps exploding and exploding. So how long have you been doing this full-time for? Um, full-time since September, 2021. 
So, okay. And you know, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. So I have to ask, did you ever hear anything about Diego Garcia when you were in like the government role? Because that's my newest obsession. I think the missing Malaysian plane could have landed there. And it's like this military base. Not a lot of people talk about. No, I've not heard of this. I honestly stayed okay. so far away from that because I ended up like when I was in college, I worked at like a really controversial firm. And I remember like digging on them on WikiLeaks and then just like spinning because at this point like i don't know i'm a lot more confident with what i do now but back then i was like oh my god am i like working for like a horrible organization so i like kind of like didn't i tried to like do the bare minimum low-key at the government like i did my what i needed to do (laughs) and then that was it like i went by michael there they didn't know anything about me personally i was i felt Mm. like hannah montana because i did this online stuff and spent hours every day editing and posting because it was covid and in dc you, you could not leave your home and then I would like log into my calls and I'd be like, oh, hi, Michael. Like, out of the, like, <laughs> here's the data Excel file. There we go. All boring. Oh, and I feel like so many people too, that is kind of the world of pop culture. Like you had your different identity, right? Like Dumois and NT with blind items or secrets. And even people will message me and be like, I'm so into pop culture, but I can't talk to anyone about it because I'm embarrassed. I feel like so many people think being a fan of pop culture is like this shameful taboo, like secret world that you dive into, which I find kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, even one of my best friends here in LA, I'm actually going to go chill with her is Spill Sesh. If you know who Spill Sesh is, you may not, she's an anonymous YouTuber, but nobody knows who she is. She actually came on my podcast too. And I've been friends with her for um, over a year now. And it's, I know it's wild to see, like, I don't know, we're both very similar on YouTube as far as like um, our, our viewers, analytics, posting schedule. So it is really interesting to see like, our different experiences with me kind of being like, you know, facing forward and putting myself fully out there and then her being completely anonymous and still continuing to be, you know, successful. Yes. Well, I mean, I first heard, like I had been watching your videos for a while, but I heard more about you after we had Lori Hill on the podcast and she was singing mm. your praises and talk about someone who what did she you say know, about is me? also in that sphere. She just said that you're so talented at what you do and that oh. like there's this space in YouTube for people to be doing pop culture. And I had just assumed, cause I kind of came over from TikTok. I was like, oh, it must be so filled with pop culture on YouTube. Like there's no space. She's like, no, like people make kind of similar videos like your TikToks on there. And I'm completely convinced that you and I have the same internet algorithm because Mm -hmm. like there's some, there's people in pop culture where they read People magazine. And then there's people in pop culture who are like, Selena and Justin were on drugs. Hailey Bieber is a handler. This could be like a PR relationship. And Dan Schneider like Mm -hmm. has a foot fetish. And I'm like, yeah, that's like my circle of pop culture where you get like into the scandals and you're kind of digging through it. So I am curious just to start off, I know Lori's had different interactions with celebrities. I know Aphrodite, he's like a celebrity psychic on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. He's also had people reach out to him. With your videos and how popular they are, has anyone ever sent you a cease and desist or been like, oh my God, I'm glad you talked about that or please take it down? What's your experience been like that? Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I love Lori Hill. Like I've, me and her have like texted a ton before. I ask her for advice on like procedures. We talk about YouTube things. She's like, no, me too. Me too. Like I had her on. And then afterwards I'm like, and what about tear trough fillers? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was I'm sitting here like all the pictures. She was like editing it for me too, showing like, if you did this, this is what it looked like. But she seems like just so like kind and nurturing. I love her like aesthetic and vibe. I've always been into like plastic surgery. Like, not like I want to like have a ton, but I've always been interested in it. I grew up watching like the shows where they would give you the full face and body makeover. What was that called? It was like, yes. like, 
it was like the home flipping show, but it was for your body and face. It was like, <laughs> they would literally turn someone inside out. But I used to just like grow up watching that stuff because I didn't really watch cartoons. So have you ever read the books? We're, we're doing it right now for our book club over on Patreon. The Uglies Pretty Special series by Scott Westerfeld. Oh, girl. I'd actually. you Oh, you'd be books, so into it. Do you listen to it? Can you listen to it? You probably can, and they are turning it into a Netflix movie with Joey oh. King, but it's this dystopian world where, like, once you turn 16, you get plastic surgery head to toe to make you beautiful because they were like, this makes a society more equal when everybody's attractive. And that was me, like, playing The Sims as a kid. I'm like, how do I make everybody hot yeah. as possible? Yeah. And now with influencers and celebrities, you literally watch them every year get, like, The Sims or whatever you call it, the house flip makeover it's crazy yeah and i'm honestly a little bit guilty of that like not like i've had a huge change but in the last like two years i get so many comments nowadays which is kind of toxic but like i just i've lost like a good amount of weight and then i've obviously started taking care of myself more like when i first started in youtube i was so incredibly depressed like gaining weight wearing the same i bought like these big large hain gray shirts that were like seven packs and i bought like five of them and that's just what i wore every day i didn't like wearing any different clothes i was like such i was in such a weird point in my life like now being in hindsight yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But you were asking about oh yeah, if people cease have and desist and stuff because yeah. I've definitely gotten a lot of those threats. Thankfully, I have a really great lawyer now. But yeah, I've had. I mean, how many cease and desist? I probably got like thirty last year. And was the first one like you were like, oh my god, this is going to ruin my life? Like I have to. Oh stop. no! I mean, the first one. So like when I actually like. I think before. Hmm. So at one point on YouTube, I was like kind of making weird content in the sense that I was uh, I wasn't covering celebrity stuff I was covering like children who were like in abusive situations that were like kind of going like viral on Facebook but weren't like news stories um so I was calling out like this like really crazy church in Texas that had like these kids like going around in like a it looked like a uh, ritual or something and supposedly it was like full of perverts i don't know i i think it was true but i like made a video about that and i made a few different videos where like the families of these children like sent me cease and desist letters and initially oh. i like of course took them down because i was like oh i don't even know what i'm doing here and a lot of those stories were like people were sending it to me and then i was like getting outraged so then i was making a video talking about it and then it was just very personal like it's almost like if you were like making a video about like someone like down the street like someone who could easily figure out who you are and get into contact so nowadays I talk about a lot of celebrities who, you know, probably don't even ever see my videos, but there are still like, I mean, in, in comparison to like the 900 videos I have, but I still get a good yeah. amount. Like, you know, Britney Spears' team, Nick Carter, Austin McBroom, like the Ace family. What's that one actress that played uh, Liz Gillis? Oh, was this like in reference to like the Dan Schneider? No, Liz Gillis, her like husband, like groomed her. older than her. A yeah, lot older. he's like 15 years older or something. Yeah, yeah, but in the worst part is that they like kind of got into it when they were like, like, you know, when she was a minor. So that's where the scandal comes in. And their cease and desist, I mean, their cease and desist was shit. It was one page and... <laughs> But I was just scared I didn't have, like, legal representation then, so I took it down. But I waited a year after, and then I exposed the cease and desist letter. So um, that's kind of okay, like – so if someone comes after me, I'll, like, maybe – like, if I do decide to, you know, silence myself, I'll silence myself. But it will end up coming out one day. Like, I have, like, Drake Bell. He's, like, tried to screw me over so hard that one day I think I'm going to do, like, a podcast episode just, like, called the Drake Files <laughs> and just go through every single thing he's done because I've got so much that I haven't even, like, touched for YouTube. 
I am so excited to tell you this week about Saqqara and their flexible signature nutrition program. I have been eating on this plan for the last week and I love everything about it. I, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I talk about how I was vegan for three years. You know, I typically eat about 80% vegan. It just feels more aligning. It just makes me feel great when I do it. And coinciding with the fact that as creative as I like to think of myself, I can. I never know what to cook. I never know how to put together something. I love looking at food online, but I can never seem to make interesting meals for myself. And Saqqara is fantastic for this. They give you meals that are ready to eat. They're delivered to your door and they are so healthy. They're going to make you look and feel your best. They're plant-based and they are fun. Like I this week have eaten a pumpkin pie parfait, a vegan burger, a sweet potato bowl with this maple syrup sauce. For breakfast, I'm having chocolate love muffins that have like coconut oat crumble on them. It's absolutely fantastic. So if you want a little taste of this, haha, uh-huh, Saqqara brings expertly designed organic nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their science-backed, ready-to-eat meals are going to deliver results that you can see and feel from weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. So right now, Saqqara is offering Fluently Forward listeners 20% off of their first order when they go to Saqqara.com slash Fluently or enter code Fluently at checkout. That's Saqqara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash fluently to get 20% off your first order sakara.com slash fluently well it is interesting just to see how celebrities react to certain things about them you know what I mean like you like you have this idea of a celebrity and also they are strangers right so a lot of our idea of a celebrity Mm -hmm. is how they perceive themselves how they speak on the Jimmy Fallon show shit like that but I also have this idea of celebrities based on how they treat the average person. So like when Haley Bieber is like following like Jelena Stan accounts and accidentally liking them or when Taylor Swift's lawyers ask people on an Etsy store to take down stuff with her lyrics, like that all kind of plays into my mind. And it kind of gives me a little bit of a bad taste of celebrities because there's other people out there, right? I feel like like Conan O'Brien, Mila Kunis, some people just like stay out of that shit for the yeah. most part, but other people really involve themselves in like the online, I don't know, yeah. talk about themselves. It's, it's yeah. really interesting to see who like will catastrophize something because I feel like once you've been doing this for a little bit, you kind of realize like it's just part of the business. It's just how it goes. Like it's not the end of the world, but some like celebrities will literally think it is like Bob Saget when he came after me for months and months and letters and threats and I had to make apology videos and then the apology videos weren't good enough and then they like they never went out because I would not like genuinely film one that like seemed real. Like I was like, you know, making myself seem like a prisoner. I actually I filmed that apology <laughs> video on the kitchen floor too because I was like, I want to do my Trisha Paytas asking. I sent it to them. I was like, oh sorry, I don't have my studio space, even though it's like down the hall. I was like, I just went to the kitchen to make it less serious to try to like if I had to release this, I want people to know like I didn't actually mean it. But um, he, you, you're an apology video, but you're like tied to a chair. And yeah, you're, like doing the apology. <laughs> yeah, I'm like obviously reading off of a script. So he was. I feel like he could have like easily let it go. And I mean, he's gone now. He went from cease and desist to cease to exist. So he's oh. no longer with us. <laughs> but I feel like he could have totally let it go, and it would like wouldn't have been an issue. But now I feel like I'll always yeah. have like beef for him because he went so hard at me and his lawyer is super scary. Yeah. Well, and even celebrities are one aspect of this, but 
the other aspect is the fans. And I actually, the first time I ever reached out to you online was, it was the video. I remember I was on YouTube. I've been subscribed to you for a while. And I saw a video you posted about like Selena and Justin's drug <laughs> problem. And I didn't even watch all of it because I was like, oh, I already know. I was like, I'm already on board. Like, hell yes, I agree with this. And then you posted an apology video the next day. And I was like, oh no, the Selenators or however you pronounce it got to him. And one of your bits for the video was from a blog post I had written about them. And I was like, oh, because my blog post, I'm like, you know, you recently did an interview with Perez Hilton, right? And Perez was like, oh, I used to talk to people just like they were my friends, not that mm -hmm. they were online. That's everything I do online. So my blog post, I'd be like, yeah, I bet they're doing drugs <laughs> and like sucking each other off at church, like craziness. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And when I read your bit that you wrote, oh my gosh, it was you. <laughs> Stop. I, I like, I probably could have put this together, but I definitely did not put it together until just now. So you wrote the part where you said like, she stole a thing that got I me in trouble. And I, yeah. yeah, but honestly, like that was, I guess, like kind of a cop out on my end because I could just blame you for it. I it was it was like catchy. That's why I read it and like went off. Oh, of who it. cares? For me, I'm like the internet's like a free for all. You know, like I yeah. I read other people's blind items. Like once it's out there, it's out there. But I'm assuming that the Selenators must have came after you because then you did an apology video. And it's just like for me, certain fans or certain celebrities have fans that are wild. I think Selena's fans are in another ball camp. Like I've never, mm -hmm. I'm curious what your experience with different stand camps is like. Yeah. So I guess when it comes to Selena's fans, like I, I guess on like YouTube, I always try to navigate as like a peacemaker. So when it came to that Selena stuff, like people were upset with how I said that. And then like when I looked at it, like it does sound kind of like catty, like, you know, it's not like polished professional like I at the end of the day like I like to add some personality but I want to deliver somewhat unbiased so that people can just like kind of take it for themselves and I felt like that was clear bias so I actually felt genuinely sorry for how I framed that and I also don't like someone sent me like a long message about organ donors and I'm like okay girl like I have no idea I'm not trying to offend the organ donor community but um I had, like, a nasty, like, Justin Bieber fan, like, kind of reach out and, like, threaten me. And when the Selena fans were coming for me, I got, like, a lot of messages on, on Twitter. And sometimes I – well, most of the time I ignore all my messages. I just don't even try to check, check my DMs and stuff. But um, when I was looking at those, I started replying to some of them. And I actually, like, made friends with them. So, like, uh, they – like, one of the main ones there – we don't even follow each other because we don't want people to like really know, but they are, they help me like figure out other video ideas. And since then I've like made her like two or three videos, like with their Ooh. like research support and stuff. So the Selena fans were really aggressive and nice at first, but then are really aggressive and mean at first. But then I made my apology video. I was genuinely sorry for how I like framed that. I didn't mean it. I didn't apologize for saying that she was apparently like maybe using drugs. Like I never apologized yeah. for that part. I only apologized for the, the part where I read from your article. Um, <laughs> so I actually like, the, it went from like fighting to me being like, I'm not trying to fight you. Like when I message these people, I'm like, I'm not trying to argue. And they're like, okay. And then I'm like, how do I make this better? She told me like, you should apologize and specifically do this. I did that. And then from there on, I actually have made a better relationship with them. So now they help me out. So I feel like when it comes to stand things, I actually try to like flip the script. And that was like part of my success early on on youtube because i called out like how i was calling out like those children in abusive situations like i mentioned to you earlier i was also calling mm -hmm. out a lot of family channels so i would like make a video about a family channel like expose the fuck out of them and then upset all their fan base and then i would next day apologize and be like i'm sorry guys like i wasn't trying to just... and then all their fans would be like oh it's okay and then it would like i actually did that like probably like four or five times until i was like so done talking about the family channel specifically because 
I just don't really enjoy like necessarily talking about children at all. Like at first I really yeah. wanted to advocate for them, but uh, it's just too much of a, I don't know. You, I don't feel like there's any, like any reason that any children should be online in the first place. So I'm just kind of like stepped away from that in general. Yeah. It's so weird talking about kids. Like remember when everything happened with the Balenciaga photo shoot and the kids and the child porn documents mm. and the kids being photographed with like bondage gear. Yeah. That was something hard, too, because there were a lot of photos, especially the photo of the girl, like, which, by the way, like, what the fuck ever happened with that? Like, I don't think Balenciaga, like, has they, have they fired anyone? Like, I don't know if anything's changed. But there was a photo of a girl laying down with a teddy bear. And this wasn't when she was standing up. Like, she's laying down and there's the bondage gear all around her. And I posted that because we did a blog post of like a template of like what to email people, like how to get Balenciaga to like answer for this. And a lot of people were like, you need to cover up her face. And I should, right? So I then uh, took it down and I did cover up her face. But it's hard because it's like, until you see her face, if you cover up the face, it's just like, okay, that's like a kid. But when yeah. you see her face, you're like, okay, that is it's like an up. innocent child in this yeah, situation. So you kind of yeah. have to see the face to get outraged enough to think it is a big deal. Because then when people were posting these Balenciaga photos with all the kids face mm -hmm. blurred out, they were like, what's the big deal? It's a photo. And it's like, yeah. it's hard, right? Because if you're like, this child's being abused online, like here's a picture of their abuse. Well, like you don't want to show it, but then if you don't show it, people won't think that it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to navigate it either. So I don't blame you for that. Yeah. And I mean, even on nowadays on YouTube, I'm me and my like my team, we're taking like an extra step to really censor everything that's going on because I had a strike on my channel about like a few weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago. And you know, a strike on YouTube, that's a uh, you know detrimental for a YouTuber. I post every single day. So not posting for a week was screwed up and it all went back. Wait, that's what happens when you get one. I thought it was like three strikes and you're out. So what three strikes you're you out. Get... One strike, you just can't post for a week. Two strikes, you can't post for two weeks. Three, three weeks, and then I think you're done. Okay. But I, I got one because I uploaded a video. I did not post a video, so it was never public. But it was about Demi Moore and her creepy-ass dating history and a video <laughs> clip of her making out with a 15-year-old boy when she was 19. It was her co-star from a show called General Hospital. But that video clip's all over the internet, all over YouTube. And in my version, I put it on my channel, and I actually censored it. I covered the lips, like, blurred the lips. I even put a censor, like, word, which I think actually hurt me in the long run, over it. That got me a strike. It was completely How censored, stupid. too, which is, like, ridiculous. So nowadays, like, when I have any kid or anything, it's, like, everything's blurred, black line, like, crazy censorship because I can't risk using my like, losing my channel, you know? Isn't that crazy? Well, I am curious what your opinion is on, too, where, like, I feel like the majority of content that we both cover, and especially I love looking at your video titles because I'm always like, what word is he going to put in all caps this time, right? Yeah. So typically it's, like, exposing someone or, like, yeah. scandal or, like, dirty, rotten past – and I don't know if you feel this way, but after doing enough of these episodes, I was kind of like, shit, like, I don't want to be the call out girl. I don't want to be like that. I'm going to expose you like the police online. Mm -hmm. But what can I say? Like these celebrities are like killing people and doing drugs and like dating girls who are under 18. Like, I don't ever want every episode to be like, and here's why we're mad at blah, blah, blah. But what can I say? Like celebrities are always doing really nasty shit. So mm -hmm. how do you feel about creating content that's kind of about like exposing people, but also like there's stuff to be exposed, you know? So where do you mm -hmm. fall when it comes to that? Yeah, I feel like at least for me, I think that like I definitely do not associate myself with like the woke crowd. I don't like the outrage. I don't like the irrational thinking. So I feel like when it comes to my basic coverage, I'm not like covering things that are like out like, you know, 
something that a, a normal lay person would think is like not a big deal. It's usually a big deal. It's wrong. But I also do have this battle with like being associated with the moral authority because I don't want to be the moral authority on YouTube where everything I do is morally perfect and I'm completely right. It's a difficult like uh, reputation, I guess, like balance. I don't necessarily want to have that. I don't think I fully have that. But I think when you make this type of content, it kind of sets you up to where like, well, if they're wrong, then you must be right. Right. So, um, yeah. So I'm still kind of like battling with that. And I think like my podcast series, it's a lot more relaxed. Like, I mean, the first two episodes were pretty stressful, but like this next two with Alexa and Nicholas, like we're drinking in it, we're vaping in it, like it's chill. And I think they're, um, we're cussing, talking about these things. And I think it's going to allow my audience to see a little bit more of a rougher side of my content. But I, yeah, I definitely battle with that, like kind of pressure of having to be like the right person in a certain situation but at the same time like i'd rather be in this on this side like the moral authority than like the fucked up person so i'm like okay i'm fine like being the good guy doing the right thing because it feels right to me and it's not hard to do so i'm like i'm okay being over here for now but at the same time like i feel like with this podcast series there are some moments where i'm like talking to my team where i'm like i'm nervous for this because like they're gonna you know i don't cuss on my channel i don't i don't drink or you know any of that. So it's just a, a completely different side of me. So I'm hoping this year to kind of like become more of a well-rounded, you know, entertainer online, less than just yeah. like a newscaster. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of these guests you're having, right? So the first two episodes are out. You've done Eugenia Cooney, you've done Perez Hilton. I've watched the trailer. So I know that there's like more scandalous yeah. people to come. Where do you find that line in terms of like, we also had Perez over on Fluently Forward. How did that go? Did you like, was it like mine? Like, did you see how I was like fighting with him? Well, I didn't fight him. Yeah, but, I know. didn't hold his feet to the fire as much as you did. I kind of wish I would have, but Perez is so good at like, if you ask him a question and you're like, okay, yeah. so what about this? That happened. Perez has such this gift for being like, well, like, of course I stand by it. But then like two seconds later, he's like, but I regret it. Yeah. And like, I am different. And like, they were okay with it. And like, anyway, he it's very funny how he can like weave. He takes the reins in an mm-hmm. interview. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, he definitely tried to do that with me. And like, I felt that too. He It's like, I was asking the question and then like, before I was done asking it, he already had his PR answer ready. Yes. But there were definitely some times yeah. in the interview where I was like, oh, like, this is so awkward. Like, where it's just super intense and he didn't like me bringing up his lawyer or asking him about the Kesha, like, come picture or any of that. And so when you brought up the fact that like anyone who reads Perez back in the day, like he would have a picture of a celebrity and then he would like draw like cocaine on their nose and like come. Yeah. On their crotch I asked him if he was like obsessed with semen or something. I was like, are you like obsessed <laughs> with like sperm or something? Like, where does that come from? But he, he's he was honestly a really weird guy and not really ni- nice to me. And like, and when he came in, he was extremely rude, like barely looked at me, sending angry emojis, mm. setting alarms on his phone. Because we had to wait for five minutes for them to set up the cameras. Waiting, like sending angry emojis, setting alarms for 4.30. I believe we had four to five or something. Maybe it was three to four. I don't know. But he kept setting like alarms for halfway through, which I think if you actually like watch it, I haven't like sat down and really watched it. Maybe my editor cut it out. I don't even know, but there was like one point where his alarms went off because he like was only going to be there for 30 minutes. Like just try, like he was such a dick when he first came in. I was trying to ask him like, how's your drive? Like, have you ever been to the beach here? Like I recently moved here, like no eye contact, barely looking at me. And then on camera, uh, camera, you know, lights go on. He was decently kind throughout the interview, but then as soon as the interview ended, lights went off and he was like, just jumped up, didn't say anything, went to the door, the 
producer had the door locked. So he was just like shaking the door. And I was like, can someone like let him out? And then I like went to the door. I was like, can we get one quick selfie? And I like took a selfie and then he was on his way. He was so not happy with the interview or being around me. He didn't know who I was or anything. I don't think, at least he acted like he had no idea who I was, why he was there. It just like was very awkward. Which is so surprising because I mean, talk about cloudy. Like you're a huge deal on YouTube. To me, you're the number one pop culture person on YouTube. So wow. that would be like such a stupid move to... You know who I huh. think is like number one? Do you know who D'Angelo did D'Angelo Wallace? Like what happened? Yes, to him? but didn't he? Yeah, I just I don't know. I always he... imagine him as number one. Like he just like did it. Talk about call out videos though. Weren't like all of his videos, but it, they were like call outs on different Talk about woke. Like, girl, <laughs> yeah. I don't want him to make a video about me, girl. Like, please don't. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. We we're not very like PC on fluently forward mm. either. But I also I feel like I operate the same as you, where like if I find out that Selena Gomez did drugs or that this celebrity did a threesome or cheated on their wife. Of course, some of those are bad things to do, right? Like cheating uh -huh. is bad. But anytime I learn about a celebrity scandals, I'm like, wait, I actually like them now. Like they're more relatable. Like, you know, raise your hand if you haven't had a threesome like in college. <laughs> like everybody's done a little bit of cocaine in the bathroom before. So I love this idea of living in shades of gray, the anti-hero. Is that what inspired you to have these kind of controversial people mm -hmm. on your podcast? Like what to you is the line of like so controversial you wouldn't have them on versus like, mm -hmm. oh, they've got a little bit of scandal, but I feel like they're still a good person. Yeah, I guess like I, when I was pitching the um, podcast to our partners, I was like kind of selling it as a, a way to create a safe space for people who are survivors of traumatic, you know, Hollywood experiences or social media experiences and people who are also like, you know, creators of chaos, people who have caused these problems, um, like Alex HRH or uh, Ava Louise and then Perez. Oh, you're having HRH on. Oh, that interview, I've actually, I've not watched any of my interviews at all. Um, that one I've watched three times now because it's so, like, just funny. It's just funny as fuck. Like, I think, I think me and her need to do, like, a long-term, like, collab thing because yes. it's just so funny talking. But um, having those people on, I think it's a chance to, like, humanize them. And I am asking, like, those tough questions. So I think, like, for instance, Perez, like, handled it all pretty well. And I think that at the end, like, there are people who, like, actually like him after watching it and, like, think that it's, you know, humanized him. They understand it. Sometimes they won't ever. But I think as far as, like, talking to controversial people, it really depends on, like, their specific story. Because I've had, like, some other, like, not as relevant people try to, like, come on and, like, I just, I don't know. I think for right now, I'm really focusing on, like, trying to build a standard when it comes to the guests I have on and have, like, a good, like, first season of solid people so that I can really, like, get the next season filled with a lot of, like, other great social media people. But, like, someone who I would not have on. Like, who's someone, like, you know who, like, I keep going in between having on and not having on? You may not know them, but Deaf Noodles. You know who that is? I know that. Didn't he, like, beef with H3 or maybe they were friends? He just had, like, a whole, yeah. And his, he, he just went, like, though, and, like, that's someone, like, I kind of don't want to have him on because he's, like, kind of not relevant enough. But then at the same time, like, he's done so, like, a lot of pretty bad things. And he seems so in denial that, like, I almost, like, don't want, I don't think I could sit him down in his studio and, like, confront him about these things and he would be able to, like, handle it. Like, he, like, literally would not. He would probably yell, go off. So he's someone, like, I, I guess I keep, like, getting presented with. And I'm like, no, we'll pass on that. Yeah. Okay, so who are some, I'm thinking, like, Tana Mojo, Andrew Tate, oh, I'd love to have Tana Lester, on. like, yeah. I'd love to have Tana on. I would love to have, uh, Shallon seems irrelevant to me. Like, who, like, I, you mm -hmm. know, who's Shallon? I just, I, I hear about her, like, <laughs> once a month or so, sometimes. Yeah. 
Christian Walker, I might try to have on. Oh, um, yeah. Christian Walker fascinates I would have Blair me. White we tried on. to get him on. Blair White, yes. I listen to her podcast sometimes because she just, like, the way that she delivers words are so fucking funny. You yeah. Know? I honestly, Blair White's someone who, like, I've seen from afar for a while, but I've never, like, sat down and watched a video once. So I really don't know much Blair about White, her. Blair White, too. It's interesting because she started off as kind of, right, this, like, Republican trans mm-hmm. woman, Republican commentator. I think it's absolutely tragic that I have to make a video proclaiming something as obvious and as apparent as the fact that there are only two genders, but in case you haven't been paying attention, life has really dwindled down to the point where it's necessary to say things like this. So here we go. And I watched a few of her videos just because I was like a Republican trans woman. That's like fascinating. Mm-hmm. What's what's her perspective? But recently, I think she's like sliding a little bit to the left. And typically you have people on the left who slide to the right. But when different clips of her pop up on YouTube, she's been saying stuff where she's like, and the Republicans did this, which is like insane. Like, why would you have your panties in a twist about that? (laughs) And it's funny to watch people on politics slide from one side to the left over like a five course career. I think that's so interesting. Yeah. And I think like on my content, I try to, I try not to get political at all. I don't bring up politics ever or really share any of my views but i think that like that's like a natural thing throughout life people just change and kind of develop and um that's kind of surprising because i always imagine blair white like the extreme right so um maybe she's just like thinking more rashly than you know trying to like get the clicks (laughs) maybe so do your financial goals feel out of reach because they don't have to be? With Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can start building credit with your own money through on-time payments and small everyday purchases like groceries, streaming, and gas. Members will see an increase of 30 points to their credit scores on average. Chime reports your payments to all major credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. Start making your financial dreams a reality with Chime. Signing up only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash fluently. That's chime.com slash fluently. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank, not pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime Credit Checking Account, and $200 qualifying direct deposit is required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Based on a study conducted by Experian, Credit Builder members observed an average of 30-point FICO score 8 increase after 8 months with regular on-time payments. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply, except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any all point or visa plus alliance atm now out of all the videos that you've done i'm curious for you which topics most people eat up is it like is it past relationships is it drugs is it scandals is it grooming like i feel like everyone on tiktok now found out what the word grooming was and they're like everything's grooming Ooh, i should make a grooming video today I'm that <laughs> yeah. um i think grooming now that you're saying that i'm like actually grooming <laughs> is like because i i would say it really depends because sometimes I post a video where I think it's going to do well and it just doesn't. So I honestly don't have a great like tra- uh, trajectory of like what's going to perform well. Sometimes I have an idea like, you know, a Selena Gomez video, it'll do all right. I mean, I posted one recently about Charlie Puth and her relationship, and I thought it was going to do better than it actually did. My Rihanna and Kendall video did like better than I thought it would. So it kind of depends. But I do notice like when you when you list it out like that grooming, I feel like it's something that always outrages people. And I also think it's really fascinating because it's something that typically happens like kind of out in the open, but like not really, you know, like it's a workplace setting. There's some type of like 
you know, there's something, an event that happens that connects this older person to a more vulnerable person and that starts that relationship. So whether it's on set or a weird family dynamic with a creepy, you know, dad's creepy friend or something. So Mm -hmm. I do feel like grooming is is a story that people like are probably attracted to because of how bizarre and, you know, usually the story has a lot of layers to it because it takes a while for that to happen. Yeah. And it's usually like age and then it's like age and power Mm -hmm. and a history of grooming, right? Like it's not like John Mayer hasn't like only once been involved with someone Mm -hmm. younger than him. It's like every single person. And it is funny how the trends of these different scandals, like growing up in the early 2000s, it was always who's partying too much and like, oh my God, a girl kissed a girl. And that was a scandal. Mm -hmm. And now it's grooming and it's how are they being online and like are they being who did they vote for you know what I mean like it's very different now than it was in the early 2000s and it's funny how we kind of cycle in and out with like what we're concerned about like in the back it used to be very much are you skinny enough like is your underwear showing when you step out of the car (laughs) and we don't think about those scandals anymore and I'm sure in the future it's going to move into more of these kind of moral ideas right of like what how is who who is the celebrity donating to? Are they morally mm. a good person? Are they like ethically in line? Are you seeing stuff like that? Yeah, I I guess it I think it depends on if they put themselves out there too. Like for instance, like I I feel like it's it kind of goes hand in hand if they're trying to make a like a money off of it or trying to maybe I don't want to say the word exploit because it not, it kind of sounds bad. But like for instance, it made me think of like Lizzo. You know, recently she came out with like these uh, I can't remember. She had a controversy I guess with someone maybe in a wheelchair. Uh, with her like there line was the, or was it the word or maybe it was like spaz and her um something song. was spank no it was something with her spanks recently like maybe it was like a trans thing large thing I can't remember but I feel like she now has put herself out there and she's trying to accommodate or you know serve a certain crowd and when you do that you kind of like set yourself up for those. Mm. I can't remember your question. I'm like losing it, but it made me think of no, the Lizzo just, thing. Yeah, just like the trend of different scandals. Because I do think right nowadays, like Haley Bieber, right? Everybody's like, she's a mean girl. Like yeah. she's mean or Kylie's mean. We weren't really as focused on who was mean 10 or 20 years ago. But now like Ellen DeGeneres mm. was mean. Haley yeah. Bieber was mean. And maybe this is a thing that targets mostly female celebrities. But I don't know, like... Nobody's ever said that like Army Hammer was mean, you know. Yeah, like, right. They just skip that and go straight to Cannibal, which I think is crazy. So, out of all of the scandals that you have looked at and researched, which one shocked you the most? Like for me, Selena and Justin buying drugs together—that video really mm-hmm. rocked my world. And when Caitlyn Jenner killed someone in a car crash, yeah. and then that same year she won Woman of the Year <laughs> award for Glamour, I remember that being something where sometimes. The world that celebrities and like, not to say like the elite, but the more powerful people live in, I'm always so maddened and like shocked by situations where it's like, okay, like Hunter Biden's doing, filming himself doing crack cocaine in a sensory deprivation tank. I couldn't do that. Caitlyn Jenner killing a woman with her car and then winning a woman of the year award the same year she killed a woman. I couldn't do that, but these celebrities can. Yeah. And get away with it. I think more like more recently, I covered a story about Marcus Houston who's like an RB singer. Oh, okay, he like groomed his um he groomed his wife and she was a missing child when she was like 15 years old. Her family didn't know who she was. She was literally missing and then she's off the face of the earth until she's 18. Supposedly she's at this Jehovah's Witness convention where she meets her now husband who's like, you know, 
15 years older than she is. And Chris Stokes, a producer who's been accused of abusing a ton of people in Hollywood and his daughter. So this girl goes missing for, you know, three years and she ends up like at this convention. And then a year after she's married to this guy. And then people started doing research and they realized like, for those three years that she was a missing child and completely gone, she was credited as like an art director in a few movies for Chris Stokes, this guy. So she's obviously involved with this group, like as soon as she goes missing. And it seems like not all Jehovah Witnesses, but there's definitely some aspect of that, I guess, sector of religion where there's cult-like behavior and what it sounds like they're involved in is some type of cult thing and uh it's like a mix of a story where it involves this weird religious justification this like missing person who was obviously groomed and this guy marcus houston like he and his wife now they have a kid together she's like 22 but they constantly try to like put out things to reshape the narrative but they're just like digging themselves deeper and i saw like even mm -hmm. yesterday i need to take a look at this but he just did another interview recently and i feel like it's just because i made like two videos and they got a lot of views and i'm like oh now he's coming back like a year and a half later and readdressing this thing again i don't know why um maybe because like my videos and other people's videos are starting to rehash it again but that video i thought was like just insane and um the story's wild and it's also weird because it feels like it's so close to like it's just happening currently it's just normal like there's no consequences and this woman is yeah. like now been like it sounds like brainwashed by the religion and then you know married off to this man yeah okay this this is gonna sound so crazy everyone's gonna laugh when i ask this but it it does have reference are you into the epstein case at all jeffrey epstein and mm. everything around that and i know who he is but no i, I guess like those things like I don't really dive into them because I don't, I know I can't like talk about them. So yeah, YouTube, like the minute you say Jeffrey Epstein, YouTube is probably like strike. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think I've done like something Epstein related once. I can't remember who it was, but um, I kind okay. of, I avoid that. I've only like, to be honest, the only thing I know about him is that one video of those people who like went onto his private Island and like broke onto it and like yeah. walked around. That's like the only thing I've ever seen. Well, I'm, I'm like deeply obsessed with the case and I, everyone knows Ghislaine Maxwell, mm -hmm. that British lady with the bad haircut yeah. was his like second in command for so long. But there's this other woman, she's very beautiful, very evil. Her name's Sarah Kellen and I'm putting together a video on her and she was like Ghislaine Maxwell's right-hand woman. Mm. And it's funny because after Jeffrey Epstein was found out, she dyed her hair from blonde to brown. She got married and changed her last name, totally wants to cover it all up. Oh. And she was also a Jehovah's Witness who got married at the age of like 15. And then they divorced when she was like 18. And then Epstein found her and she started working for him. But I feel like, and you know, not, not all Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah. but a lot of these stories that I've looked into... And maybe she was a victim or maybe she was a predator. Maybe she was both, right? But a lot of these people, I just feel like when you're young and you're sucked into, you know, that type of mm -hmm. ideology. And then also when you're being married to someone below the age of 18, like it just normally where there's smoke, there's fire. And it usually leads to something that ends up being really nefarious down the road. Yeah. And I've got, I've actually had like people like will send me mail and stuff like um mm -hmm. and uh someone sent me a letter recently like talking about their experience in a jehovah witnesses like cult but we can't say that all jehovah witnesses are like this because i've gotten some angry emails before yeah. so they're not all like that but it was like one week where i got like a, a letter i covered that video and was like wait what is going on Are they coming after me 
(laughs) (laughs) Same with Scientology too. And that's something that all of these celebrities are Mm. into. I once as a joke, when I was like drunk down living in Florida, because like Clearwater is where they're headquartered. From a blocked number, I called and I let 2am and I was like, oh, like I'm in trouble. Like I could really use your help. It was just like a dare when we were out drinking. When I tell you that a week later, I had all this stuff in the mail from them. So I don't know how my blocked phone number led to them finding my address and sending me shit. But Scientologists are why, like, why would you think that so many celebrities get involved in that? Do you think it's I don't know? Thing? I'm like, should I join? Like, why does it seem like it's <laughs> like fun? I'm like, I want like a community, like a group. Like, I don't know. The yeah. buildings look great. Like, I've been to the, I've seen that <laughs> one that you're talking about in Clearwater. I was living in St. Petersburg, like last year. Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, I, wait. I, you live in St. Pete. My parents are in St. Pete. Uh, I was there for a little bit last year. Yeah. I loved it down there. Mm-hmm. I was in Florida for a while, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I question that sometimes too. I've talked about like, uh, Tom Cruise's like I believe it was a Tom Cruise or uh, Tom, Cruise Tom Cruise is like yeah. the main the Smith family yeah. allegedly yeah yeah I've talked about that a little bit the video didn't do necessarily that well and I kind of got a little Scientology bit, you know probably yeah. had a hand well, I also got freaked out to just like being I don't know being targeted by them I was like oh maybe that could happen so I kind of avoid it but I did question like what's going on in there because I guess like for me personally now living in LA, I feel like I've met some people who are very impressionable. So I can maybe understand why they can easily be fooled and manipulated. But I can't imagine going into like a facility like, you know, Scientology. And then if I see any red flags, like not just like running away or backing out or like standing up for myself. So I don't really understand what they could be doing there. That would be like, how can they be such a big successful organization, but then be evil and wrong? I don't know, but it seems like they're both. So I've heard some creepy shit about them, like 911 calls coming mm. out of Scientology, but because there's some like separation of church and state, they're not handled the same way. But like I've heard that people are like full on held hostage in there. Who knows? Have you heard of Jim Carrey's like ex girlfriend that like died mysteriously, like of a drug overdose? And supposedly at this time, she was going through treatment at the Scientology place. Like she was going through their treatment and then she overdosed and died. And he like, it was such a creepy story. I got so much Jim backlash Carrey for that. Jim Carrey has like uh, so much rotten lore around. If you had to say Jim Carrey, good or evil, what would you say? See, I like appreciate the entertainment, but I guess like kind of it definitely gives me like evil vibes. Is he also the same guy that like recently was like on like a red carpet or no, maybe it wasn't recent, but it was a few years ago. It went viral where he was like, oh, these are all just like this doesn't matter. This isn't important. There's no meaning to any of this. So I uh, I wanted to find the most meaningless thing that I could fu- come to and join. And uh, and uh, and here I am. They're celebrating. I mean, you gotta admit it's completely meaningless. Yeah, he like grew a beard and started trying to call out the Illuminati, and it was uh, like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I really don't get him. I just, I would say he seems distressed. <laughs> You've done a video right on him and Ariana Grande. I would, I think so, right? The rumors that they dated. Jim Carrey and Ariana Grande. Yeah, we did it. We did a mini episode on them. That would do really well for you. Like there are so many rumors around them dating and actual news articles too. Okay. Yeah. So you're like helping yeah. me figure out my videos. Yeah. I'm gonna do some grouping ones today. Um wow, yeah. But I mean, you've probably had a lot of Ariana viewers because your number one most popular video is all about Dan Schneider, who yes. I remember like I've just been hearing about for years, like on Reddit, on forums, and I'm curious if you ever got this comment. Anyone who doesn't know about Dan Schneider, he was like the man for Nickelodeon. He created Mm -hmm. Drake and Josh, Zoe 101, Victorious. And he was allegedly pedophile, foot fetish pedophile. And he would always be having weird sexual scenes. People have put together different compilations of kids acting way too sexual, doing stuff with their feet, licking stuff off of their feet. 
I have seen people online come to his defense and say he looks like a pedophile, but he isn't. And you're stereotyping him unfairly, which I always think is insane. Cause what do you mean? He looks like a pedophile. And secondly, have they not seen the evidence? So did you get any like Dan Schneider truthers when you did that video? Yeah. So I've done like a good amount. So when it comes to Dan Schneider, I don't have any exact, like I don't have any definite proof that he has actually physically abused anyone emotionally. Sure. Personally, I believe that he did abuse Amanda Bynes, like, and that's a personal belief, so I can't, like, prove it. But from what I've, like, learned through NT Lawyer and his podcast sharing about her feelings and also, like, old articles of her, like, staying at his home and everything. And then you look at that, you know, at the same time, Drake Bell was allegedly being abused by Brian Peck, you know, 14 years old, being drugged 16 to 18 times and being touched and all these things, all while working on the Amanda show, which is kind of why Drake and Josh happened was because Drake was being abused on there and they came to a settlement and he got his own show because Brian Peck touched him. Brian went to jail for six months and then went on to work on Zach and Cody. But the Amanda show had an environment of like, I think straight up abuse. We know that because of Drake Bell's instance and um, what Brian Peck did to him. And that's just horrific. I mean, it explains a lot of why the cycle of abuse continues and why Drake is where he is nowadays. But I think Amanda was like also being harmed by like Dan Schneider. I think that's why Amanda's like obviously not doing well nowadays. So while I can't like prove that he did do anything wrong, like Alexa came onto the podcast and she shared how like the lawyers came to her and like tried to pay her off. Um, to not speak and about Alexa, Dan. She she was on Victorious for uh, she was on Zoe 101. So or, and sorry, she didn't even play like yeah, a large role. So she's not probably like, you know, one of like the top on Dan's list, but she is very outspoken. So they did like come to her and ask her to um, you know, like, hey, like, do you have anything you want to say about Dan? Like, I think at that time someone was trying to make a documentary, so they were doing their, you know, due diligence of trying to get to people before the documentary people would. So they offered like to pay her something and she said no, you know, like do you know who well, you're she... She, like, stands out. She's done protests. She also recently, did you see her tweet about calling out Seth MacFarlane for abusing her? Yeah, I'm, like, actually, like, really good friends with Alexa. Like, we text, like, every day. Yeah. So I, like, I'm up to date with all those things with the Seth stuff. And um, I'm still, like, ha- she hasn't, like, told everyone, like, what happened with Seth, though, right? She tweeted basically saying that, and let me know if this is okay or yeah, if she yeah. doesn't. I was assuming no, I mean, she it's tweeted all public, okay yeah. With, yeah. But she, I remember she tweeted saying that, like, there was a guy on Seth's team who showed her a video, who showed Seth a video of her on Zoe 101. And it was like, oh, like, she's, you know, how she's so hot, but, like, she's not yet 18. And then I think, like, the minute she was 18 or before she like hung out with Seth. And it was a tweet about, I think like them being together in bed while there was like a bodyguard outside the door or something like that. And this was the first thing. The only other thing I had seen about Seth MacFarlane was a blind item saying that he had a fetish for fucking pregnant women. So take with Uh that what you will. But I remember seeing that and then people were like, well, yeah, it's like Seth MacFarlane, any of these comedy guys. I just feel like men in the comedy world are always like, oh, it's a joke. It's Mm -hmm. a joke. And I just consider them kind of the worst types of people in Hollywood. I remember her telling me, like, I remember having wine with her at her house one time and her telling me about him. But like, 
even you saying this guy, Seth, I don't know who that is. Like, I can't picture who he is. Like, what what does he do? The creator of Family Guy? He, I, I've actually like never post... seen, like, any movies, like, anything. I, for someone who does pop okay. culture, I don't know any, like, that's why the second guy was like, I don't know the difference between Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. I, like, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. usually if I don't do my research or I haven't done a video on them, I didn't, like, grow up watching, like, television. So I didn't, like, watch, like, movies yeah. and stuff growing up or any of that. But he did Family Guy. Yeah, he created like Family Guy. And then he started, he's now doing some sort of like space show. And he like voiced all of the characters in Family Guy. And he kind of looks like. He voiced all um, the characters? Oh my God. All of them. When I got Kybella done to my chin. So I tried to like get this fat removed here. I got really Oh, that's swollen. what I want. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was horrible. I don't <laughs> recommend it. But people said I looked like the father here. I got comments online saying I looked like Peter. Peter? Yeah, because my Peter chin was so fat when I got it done. It yeah, because like, right, Kybella, it swells and then it de-swells. Yeah. Yeah, I don't recommend it. Real quick, why don't you recommend Kybella? Like, well, they said I would be swollen for like a month and it was more like four months. And it's just not like, I mean, I'm still not that tight. You know what I mean? So I think if you're going to like really want to get it, you probably want to do like lipo or, you know, I don't even okay. believe in that cool sculpt stuff anymore. I need to actually hit I up heard, Lori yeah. Hill. Speaking yeah. of, ask her what <laughs> she thinks. <laughs> yeah, when I got my nose done, the doctors were like, okay, it like swells for a month or two. When I tell you that like oh, for it's like six a year. months. Yeah, like literally you get your final result after a year and a half. And that's what I tell people too. When did you get yours done? I got mine done back in like 2018. Oh, really? Mine's going to be 10 years old this year, 2013. 10 years? Yeah. But then also like having had a nose job, doesn't it freak you out when sometimes I see people and they're like, okay, here's my nose like a month after and it looks perfect. I'm like, it's probably going to look fucked up in a year. Yeah, or like, like extremely small when they go to like turkey and it's like completely, it's yes. just gone. I had a pretty yeah. big nose, but I got mine done when I was like 18. So, oh wow, you know, what everybody says too, they're like, the only thing about my nose job that I regret is that I didn't do it sooner because, like, then you just live the rest of your life with a nose. Yeah, like, yeah, that's how I felt. That's how I convinced my dad. I was like, I just like, well, I was super shy in high school and stuff. And I felt like I put a lot of like my trauma into just my nose. I was like, if my nose was fixed, then everything else would be perfect. Yes. I wouldn't be this weirdo anymore. So I kind of put it all into that, which honestly, probably really toxic, but it helped me because then once I got it done, I just like was able to let go of so much and then like, you know, yeah, people with big noses know. Like, do you remember, like, in high school, sitting next to like somebody that you had a crush on and being like, "Fuck my side profile." <laughs> yeah. Like, I would talk like my neck. I could see my such nose looking down. I would like be able to <laughs> see it before. And I also was very thin, like you know, probably like sixty pounds lighter than I am now. So like my. It just looked huge. It was like... Same here. I felt like I led with my nose. Like yeah. it was the first thing that walked into a room or something. Yeah, but the first thing you'd anyway. see for sure. Next Evo Naturals, the only place that I go to for CBD products. I've been working with Next Evo Naturals for a really good amount of time now. And even as I say this right now, I am looking at different bottles around my desk of the different CBD gummies that I have. I love taking these CBD gummies from Next Evo Naturals whenever I am stressed, whenever I need rest, whenever I need some chill in my step, basically whenever I have those stressful thoughts happen in my head and kind of start to show up in my body. Lately, it's been I'll record a podcast episode, then I'll listen back to it. Then the fact that I've listened to it twice, I think to myself, this episode's no good. Nobody's going to like it. And then I just like to take a little gummy to kind of de-stress from some of those thoughts. Next Evo Naturals also has really cool CBD powder packets. And I know I, like many other people, are kind of interested. We're sober, curious people. And sometimes at night, I'll make myself a little mocktail with uh, no alcohol in it, and I'll put in CBD powder. It's a great nighttime routine. So 
If you want to upgrade your CBD, go to nextevo.com slash fluently to get 20% off of your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash fluently. Okay, back to this real quick. I am curious which celebrity out of all your research you have found to be scandal-free. For me, it's Conan O'Brien, Haley Steinfeld, and that's about it so far. Mm, scandal free. Who's someone? Right. Because it's like the Disney stars are out, basically. The Nickelodeon stars are out. The folks from the early 2000s who are out partying in the clubs, like even they have a little bit of scandal. Yeah, right. And it's like even people I love, like for instance, I love Lana Del Rey. I don't think I could ever yes. make a video about her. But like she definitely has some scandal in the past. So she's oh, not God. scandal free. I, like, I know you like her, but a video about her and Harvey Weinstein would go so viral. Like, good God. Do they have some relationship? Yes. Oh, my God. She wrote the song Cola, Harvey's in the Sky with Diamonds. It was all, it was like a love song to Harvey Weinstein. Oh, and then she had to change the lyrics. And there's like all of these different, you know, he went to her show backstage. Mm. If you look into it, it's like they had a relationship for a bit. Yeah. I guess like I... Someone who's, like, completely got a clean state, I guess they don't just come up on my, like, I feel like Zendaya is not very problematic, right? You know what? I think Zendaya doesn't have, does she have literally any scandal? Some insane Swifties would be like, oh, my God, she said that she wasn't Taylor Swift's Oh, friend, yeah. She wasn't like about the, most... the girls' squad. I remember seeing something along that. But, I mean, I feel like it was so obvious that Taylor Swift looked at her girl squad for the video and she was like, oh, okay, like, we we need somebody black or a person of color in here mm. because it's 100% thin Skinny white, white model. Yeah. Which is just like, if any, like, that's so bad on Taylor because, like, really, you're going to have Zendaya in your music video and you've, like, never spoken to her before this a day in your life? Like, yeah. that's shady, I think. Yeah, it, I mean... It doesn't seem like that group was genuine at all. No. Well, as our time wraps up here, I would love, I love picking people's brains for like a future prediction crystal mm. ball. Cause if it, I should have everybody's Venmo and then be like, if you get it right, I'll send you 10 bucks <laughs> when it happens. I feel like you have enough of a background where like you could probably predict some sort of scandal now. Is there anything upcoming? Where you're like, I know for a fact these two mm. are going to be in trouble. Like, I've heard rumors about Ariana Grande and her husband. I feel like... Something's Kendall off Jenner with Ariana Grande. She doesn't look right. Like, it looks like she's yeah. ill right now. Like... Well, also, I feel like the last... I feel like she's changed how she looks the last six months mm -hmm. for the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, there's so many different versions of Ariana. A new update every time. You know what, like, keeps popping up in my mind, and I don't think this is going to happen, but I just, for some reason, I feel like the Kardashians, like, they've been having like, this lull, and I feel like Kim is going to date a woman. Like, there's going to be some type of <gasps> lesbian. Something's going to happen. Maybe not Kim specifically, but one of them are going to go, like, gay or something for, like, the press. Like, but You know what? And I bet it would <laughs> be with Amrata because I feel like she's just dying to queer bait because she's yeah. already done Pete Davidson like yeah. she's already done like that, wait who is she with that chunky like Harry actor. Styles yeah there's Eric like that Andre. one guy where she, he was on the couch in that dirty room or something Eric Andre when <laughs> I looked at that I was like you're so hot like what are you doing in a room like this where the rug is askew like you should be yeah. at the four seasons with some like hot millionaire fucking you you know yeah yeah, I could see like one of them like kind of going gay or something just to like maybe for the views of it because it should be in my mind Kendall, but I think she's know, she's right? on a horse with Bad Bunny. I right know. Now, I would so. say Kendall. I thought it was gonna be Kendall, but like now she's a Bad Bunny. But like, what are they even talking about? You know, like it doesn't sound like 
this much. I mean, Kendall, she, I don't think Kendall speaks Spanish and I know that he doesn't speak English. So, but she does. I mean, she loves tequila. It's her passion. <laughs> True. Right. Yeah. <laughs> forgot she's a tequila connoisseur. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Well, before I let you go here, one more time, I want to shout out your podcast. It's mm-hmm. called Let's Get Into It. Yes. I know you mentioned that you're going to have Alexa on. Any future guests that you can kind of tease? Yeah. I mean, Manny MUA is going to come on, which I thought he was like really cute. We kind of had like, mm-hmm. you know, chemistry. But then um, Lisa D'Amato is a really great episode. She won America's Next Top Model. Um, and she was on it in cycle five. She was kind of like the drunk one on there. So she's really cool. Rich Lux. That was the first episode I filmed. I'm really excited for that one too. Cause like the first minute I'm like, are you a racist? And then he was like, no. And I'm like reading the, like the quotes to him. And I'm actually really good friends with the rich. That was like our second time around each other. But since then we've gone like super close. So I'm excited for that one. And then Spill Sesh, of course, because she is anonymous. She's never done a YouTube like interview, anything like that. So I feel like people are going to see is her like, face going to be like, no, you're not going to see it. Yeah, you won't see it. But she was in the studio with me. We we're like having some happy dads and like drinking and chilling. So there's like a lot of exciting podcasts coming. And you know, it's a 52 episode season. So I've got a lot more coming damn i'm so excited for the hrh one like that's oh, gonna so be good. i'm gonna get a little bit drunk before i listen to oh, that one yeah it's like it's just so funny and like she's great i mean she's she's okay but she, <laughs> she's controversial <laughs> it's really interesting because i kind of like i feel like you get to get to know more about her as well like her current like family did life it seem and... like she was playing a character or did it seem like that's who no she is? that's just who she is but also she definitely turns it on for the camera because we had a good like half hour like off camera like hanging out and she doesn't like you know she's not screaming the entire time but she does do it you know throughout so it's just her personality i think she knows that it gets attention and that's kind of like you know how she expresses herself but je- definitely that's her genuinely her she acts the exact same way and I, it was like refreshing because <laughs> i both feel like we're the same and person as online so like meeting around her it just didn't feel awkward at all I almost feel like I've known yeah. her forever damn well if I ever get the chance to interview her I'm gonna like show up in beachy waves and trigger her oh and like God. see if she leaves immediately yeah. <laughs> she's like I hate the beachy waves yeah. well Sloan thank you so much for coming on and everyone stay glued to Sloan's podcast and YouTube channel if you want to check out more about him thank you all right bye guys <laughs>